Happy Wednesday, December 15th. We're normally on Tuesday, we move to Wednesday because we got a very special guest with, uh, with Simon Collins uh, from USYS. He's the National League Commissioner, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, and then, uh, and, and as always, we're joined by the rock skipping champion of Canton, Missouri. Um, and uh, so that's, that's, that's Tyler Thomason. And so we're going to, yeah, rock skipping champion. He only knocked out five kids at the time. So, <laughs> uh, and today, I got four skips. Four skips. Those things do move pretty fast. I bet you could knock someone out. Not a lot of athletic people around. <laughs> All right, and uh, today's uh, so the topic today is USYS and the National League. We talked about the different leagues last week and what that looks like, and um, so now we're going to talk to the commissioner of the National League and get some more insight. And then we're also going to talk about the top, the worst gifts you can give a college, you can give your coach a worst, the worst Christmas gift uh, gifts you can give a coach. Today's episode is brought to you by Park Place Java. Did you give that to your wife? Yes, she was very happy. Good, good. Park Place Java. Um, go to parkplacejava.com and you can subscribe and all that fun stuff. Um, so we're going to get started here. And this uh, this is CapChat. Coming into the holiday season uh and uh, we're going to talk about the worst gifts simon collins is is doing some cartwheels over there and uh so he is the national league commissioner so we're going to talk to him shortly here after tyler and i get through our t- worst gifts to give someone um worst christmas gifts we're going to skip tyler's trends i know that's a big uh big deal there but we're going to skip tyler's trends so we can do we can spend some more time with uh, with Simon. So it's a pretty big thing. But um, so we're coming into. I don't know if we have to technically call the holiday. Gift. I'm gonna call it a Christmas gift. I think that's yeah. That's what I'm gonna go with. Hey, are you still doing your Christmas card thing with Desi? No, no, we retired those. Uh, I, we've had a lot of questions, I, and I offered. You know, if she wants to host alone, we'll make it happen. But. Those are great. Those are those are fantastic. Tyler spent uh, would open up all the Christmas cards live um, and get Desi's reaction. And I sent uh, uh, the uh, Mister Hanky one. I think. Howdy ho! Yes, you did. <laughs> I, and as you know, Josh, our Christmas cards like triple in uh, those years that she was reading them on on Facebook. So we've gone back down to normal levels again. That was that was one like of the greatest 50. things, man. That was so funny. Um, that's why you do what you do. So, um, all right. So we are we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, Christmas uh, the top. Top six, really. So Tyler has three. I have three. We'll go back and forth, and we're going to talk about the uh, the the worst Christmas gifts that you can give uh, you can get, you can give a coach here. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do that and, and get moving here. So Tyler, you want to start with, uh, with? I do, Josh. The number three worst Christmas gift for a coach is going to be that special piece of paper. It's so wonderful this time of year. That says this is my release for transfer. <laughs> not a gift certificate. I mean, it is a gift certificate to some school, just not your school. 
All wrapped, well, all wrapped there's, up there's with millions of those going around this time of year. Wrapped up with a bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, you in a little. Wow. That's the kick. Your free pass to the that's portal. That's kick in the shins. There is what that is. Yeah. Um, Tough one to start with. My number three uh, worst gift to give to give a coach um, is uh, is a is a whistle. Is a, is I think a whistle. <laughs> yeah, I think a whistle is uh, is not a good gift to give a coach. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I just... I'll I'll piggyback that one for <laughs> my number two. Did you pick whistle as well? <laughs> well, I didn't. I did not choose a whistle. No, it's something um, that may be considered more uh, condescending in tone, and that is a pair of new glasses. Hmm. Simple, Simple. yet maybe you should take a look at these and maybe they'll help you look at me. No, I could see that. I could see that being kind of silly. Okay, okay. My number two um, is is, uh, coaching for dummies 101. The the yellow book, coaching for (laughs) dummies is is probably... We're just straight down the cliche highway right now. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) I like my last one though, so uh, I think Santa likes this one too. Now is that a Santa laughing or is it just like some? I think that's Santa like for sure. Your brother, right? It's like your brother in Southern Missouri or something. It's some homeless guy. I said, do you do you want some money? <laughs> record, record. You have a good laugh. Uh, yeah. So the number one worst Christmas <laughs> gift for coach for me is a five day all expense getaway with your favorite parent. Karen, <laughs> wouldn't we all want that trip? Uh, all expense, wherever you want to go, right? That's real. Well, probably wherever Karen wants to go is how it would yeah. go. Yeah, you probably you probably wouldn't have much say on the trip. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so my my number one worst gift to give a college coach: Old Spice. <laughs> You're, hint, you're hinting that coaches smell. Well, and it's Old Spice. It's it's a bad. I think it's a bad gift in general. I think if I got Old Spice, <laughs> I think that's a safe. Anything you get in the dollar bin from Walmart, it probably is not the best. Has Old Spice dropped that low on the totem pole? It's on the Dollar General store. I don't know. Probably. I I I don't know. They only have one one cent. I think it's just old. Now I do like their uh, <laughs> their soap. They have a lot of body wash. Yeah, I do like their body wash. Um, but I see what you're going with. They only have one scent for cologne. It's just Old, it's Spice, just old Spice. And that's all you exactly. got. Exactly. And you know it immediately. Like, that's Old Spice. So, Simon, if you Fair were enough. Old that's Spice, I actually like that one. That's pretty funny. You caught me off guard <laughs> yeah, with that one. Yeah. My other one is Rogaine, but I uh, skipped that one. So. <laughs> but Too close to home? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, we... Uh, we have we have Simon Collins here with U.S. Youth Soccer, uh, the National League Commissioner here. Um, Simon, are we? Uh, oh, can you hear us over here? I can hear. Fantastic, you. fantastic. Well, welcome to Cap Chat. Um, we're sitting here talking like so. We've been talking about the different leagues and all the different leagues that have been popping up. I'm sure you, you're well aware of all these leagues. And, uh, we talked about it last week and. Even since then, we found a few more leagues that we forgot about, and um, I really want to start. We you know 
talk with you specifically, you know, if, so thanks for taking the time and talk and tell us, help teach us what, what the National League is. And Tyler's coming from the College Coast perspective. I'm in the club world and, uh, we, I know we have a few of our Rush clubs that are involved with National League, but, um, I wonder if you can talk about what, what National League is and, and the advantages of it and what makes it, what makes it great. So, uh, Simon, I'll let you kind of just give us a, an overview of what, what the National League, um, is or if you want to start with what u.s soccer is or whatever that looks like for you yeah no it's uh, uh thanks for thanks for having me on and, and first and foremost i'll apologize we're 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 part of the mess also we we contribute to the uh, to the acronym soup as we call it sometimes yeah. the throw throw a bunch of letters together and there you go you've got a national platform we all win um no it's um so National League is obviously part of US US youth soccer, um, and it's the it's the apex of uh, of what US youth soccer offers. Um, so to just give you a quick high level snapshot of a a youth player's potential journey, they would start within their within their clubs within the recreational program at the grassroots level, progress through member affiliate leagues within their state association, on to the state level leagues. Then they would play their regional, um, the opportunity to play regionally in one of our National League conference conferences, which we have 13 of those um, that are nationally aligned across the country. And then from each of them, 13, two clubs have the opportunity to be promoted into National League Pro, which is what's just happened this past weekend uh, down at uh, Disney's Wide World of yeah. Sports. Um, from that, the, the winners of National League Pro, they have direct access into the USYS National Champion Series. So that's kind of a high-level summary of how the, all the layers kind of tear up on top of each other. So uh, here's, here's my ignorance here. Tyler, I'll, I'll take the dumb question so you look smart still. Um, so you got 13 conferences. So two teams from each National League conference then get promoted to National League Pro. We we have around 480 teams across the country wow. that earn their spots into National League Pro each year. So within the National League, we've got around 80,000 players that's participating on an annual basis just in National League okay. alone. So that's uh, and then below National League, we've all the the state association affiliate members. That's that's a. 2.83 million player database of uh, of kids that's trying to make sport great in this country. And so National League Pro then is the the highest level within your organization that youth can participate and compete at this at this current moment in time. And then yeah, it's uh, it's right up there with we we've just had an event going on this weekend and uh, we just to throw some acronym soups right out you straight off the bat. It's uh, it's right there with um, with the MLS Next. We've got teams where the players try and play on similar platforms um, and other um, US club offerings and so on and so forth. So it's uh, we find that the youth player tends to participate on multiple platforms because the clubs want to to keep their hand in with uh, with all major offerings that's in and around at this at this moment in time. And and how do clubs how do clubs get involved with with National League? Uh, is an entire if I just have a one off team, 
Um, can I join National League, or is it all of all of or who am I wearing today? All of Maryland Rush has to be involved with the National League. No, not not at all. There's a there's a pathway for all. I think what's what's really important about US Youth Soccer, we we have a hashtag which I think is really powerful, which is earn your place. So you don't have to be politically connected. You don't have to ask a favor of anybody to get in. What the kids do on a field is really important. So they are the ones that, based on their performances, will earn their way into National League Pro. Um, it's not an invite-only an invite only platform. It's a, it's a genuine league-based. You, you do the business on the field, and you've got the opportunity to progress to the next level. So a, a, a one-off team, a 2006 girls team, could join, let's say they're with, you know, I'll just say Missouri Rush, and they could join nationally just as an individual team, or does all of Missouri as have in- to join? Sorry for my ignorant questions. This is no, no. It's we have we have we have two pathways. Okay. So as we all know in the the youth market, there's there's the large clubs, really big juggernaut clubs that's got multiple um, teams at multiple age groups, um, and they are they are what they are. They 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 have their place in the game, and there's a club based model for that. So for for them to help. Um, with their administration and uh, and get the coaches from A to B because it, it's not easy being on three or four fields at the same time. We have a we have a club based model that accommodates that particular environment. The one that uh, that you're referencing the the individual team, they could also go down the team v team track. But eventually, at some point within the within the pyramid or within the the tiered system, the top club based team and the top team based team. We'll have to come head to head to see who progresses. Interesting. Okay, I, I I like the progression there, and and you know, for me, I feel Tyler. I don't know. This is more directed to you because I, I know Simon's answer. I feel when when you're looking at this alphabet soup of club of of leagues, I feel USYS or USU soccer carries more clout because of they have an established name as opposed to. I don't want to pick on you know U Triple S A or whatever that is, but like U.S. Club has a na- U.S. Wise has a name. I mean, do you feel that way, Tyler, as a college coach, when you're looking like, okay, this league is probably pretty good because this sanctioning body's been around for a while, or my? Yeah, I mean, I, the way that I look at it is there, but there's like probably four or five that I would say, yeah, okay, this is a legitimate, you know, organized. Uh, opportunity for recruitment, you know, and that's with, you know, and there's, and there's on top of that, um, you know, things that were letters that don't hold as much weight anymore, um, like an ODP uh, type of situation or something like that. So it, it, it does come to a point where the stability of uh, an organization or group does matter um, for the longevity of like, Hey, we are serious about this brand and this brand is going to be able to hold on to what we're doing. I think that that matters uh, in the whole process of these things. So it's hard for me to sit and rank every single group or organization right now. So I would say, yeah, there are about four or five that that I would trust and say like, okay, we're getting some good experience for those kids within those organizations. Yeah. Tyler, I'd jump, I'd jump in on that one as well. Um, the, the Development Academy has been around, what, 12 
12 years or so before they finally decided that uh, US soccer decided that it were not for them anymore. Yeah. I think that were a, that were a major um sort of pivotal moment if you will that showed just how fragile the youth market is if an organization like that yeah could find itself in a position where it needed to withdraw from that particular space. Mm. Um and I think with that in mind there's and and COVID kind of forced a lot of this stuff onto us. And sorry for bringing that up so early in the conversation. Um, lots of organisations popped up to try and formulate homes for for these clubs that were in a real tricky position, to be quite honest with you. Um, and also a few organisations popped up to become somewhat opportunist as well. Yeah. Um, but what what we find is, and and again, just being just being really really real and transparent is. What's the infrastructure behind some of these organisations? If we, if USU Soccer peeled away the National League, it would still be a significant player in the youth soccer market because of its infrastructure, its 54 state associations and the, the hundreds of thousands of players that play within them state associations also. So we're in a position where we're not, we're not trying to throw ourselves in there as being the top because we already have the infrastructure to say, hey, there's a home for every level of player under US Youth Soccer. If, if you are competing at the elite level, it's this. If you just play because you want to play with your peers and your friends and you just want to have a, have a bunch of fun, then there's that level for you also. And, and both of them are okay. I think sometimes we get stuck in a situation where everybody must play at an elite level. Well, no, not, not necessarily. Um, everybody should play because first and foremost, they enjoy the game, mm-hmm. and and then where that takes from from there, that's that's a bonus. To be honest with you, I'm not sure what you think, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I I know it, it is different for me, just coming from a college perspective rather than a club perspective. Because like Josh has said many times, like you know that that's not necessarily my expertise to break down each each organization and tell you who's who's got the best kids versus not not have the best kids. Um, developmentally, I'm I'm 100% in favor of um, developing every kid. Um, and that's important to me, whether they're the best elite kid or whether they're not. And I think that, you know, hearing that that's one of the, the things for you guys that, that matters is, is important to know uh, when looking at the organization as a whole. So, yeah, I like that. From a, from a college perspective, too, you know, I, I'm at a college and, you know, Simon, a lot of colleges and universities are moving this way. Uh, we're tuition-driven institutions. Um, and we used to be able to just carry 18 to 20 kids on a roster. And those days are completely gone. Um, you know, and, and I can cite a lot of examples at any level. You know, you look at like a Marshall last year for the men's side, they had 45 kids on the roster. You know, what? there's just changes and there's the opportunities and the growth just at the college game of getting kids to those levels. You can't, you can't all be from the same league on the same team, right? Uh, so you're Correct. Find your, you're going to have to find your kids in different areas and different developmental organizations. So I think it's important to understand that those are out there. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the things that I wanted to get into, and sorry, Josh, from hijacking this, but, you know, is, is how do we foster that relationship between, um, you know, your organization and the colleges yeah. to, to better, you know, uh, serve those pathways for, for all those kids? No, I, well, I think- Josh, I'm going to apologize again because it looks like me and Tyler are just 
I'm just <laughs> going straight into it, mate. So, um, <laughs> no, hey, this is uh, this is exactly what it's for, and to understand this, and because um, I know it's a challenge for college coaches trying to grasp these leagues, and, and we do feel, even me on the club level, we do feel stupid when they said, you know, Tyler just said, you know, one of the recruits got bumped up to to you know the, the National League Pro. And he's like, I, I got to figure what what this is because we seem stupid. Like right, right before Simon, not I'm not kidding you. Like right before you joined, I just got an email that said, you know, hey, my comp, my team was in the Premier Midwest Conference, and now we've bumped up to National Pro League. You know, so that that was ironically timed. No, I, it, it's great that some of these kids are getting some of the opportunities that that's out there right now. And the, the one thing to also be conscious of is is the cost because it, it it's not cheap to to get yourself to certain venues so you can provide yourself an opportunity but to be seen by you guys um, and then also it's how does how does them kids present themselves so before they turn up to the event you know you can have an idea of what you're looking at uh, and there's lots of organizations out there right now that they're trying to dip dip into the same well and pull money out of it to try and get these kids scholarships and so on and so forth. And I'm not necessarily in full agreement with that because what a kid does on the field determines whether you, Tyler, think is a good fit for your program. And and then also you've got the academic side of things and so on and so forth. So one of the things that, that we're looking at now is how do we make your job easier as a as a college coach? How do we look at how do we make things a little bit more predictable based on what's currently in your program and who's going to age out, who's going to, who's going to graduate. You mentioned about transfers and so on and so forth. As we know kids sometimes don't fit and they have to move somewhere else. And you need to, you need to have your finger on the pulse of what's next, what's out there, what can I pull in? How do, how do I know who's going to be in my program for the next two, three years? And then who do I know is going to fill my right side of midfielder? Because I know that that position is going to become available in two years. So what we're trying to work on is how do we make that a little bit more predictable and how do you access that so you can see the peaks and valleys of a player's development over a period of time, which makes it a little less, little less desperate for and a little less panicky for mum and dad because they're able to be seen by you guys more frequently. And, and I know that the communication thing's a huge issue and what you're allowed to do and not to do so. If we can present that in a way that doesn't give you any headaches or cause you any concerns, but you're able to track that, then we're doing our job and we're giving the players the best opportunity that they can. And, and we've got various partners. We've got a huge announcement coming out in the convention uh, in a month or so's time, which we're super excited about. And it, hopefully, <laughs> I sound like a character from Star Wars. It's like, bring some clarity to the to the force. It's like... It's such a frigging mess. There's so much going on, and and it's like it needs cleaning up, and and hopefully we're taking a huge step to try and do that. And you're announcing that in the convention in Kansas City, um, so we're trying to get on podcast row up there. So maybe you can right afterwards we'll have you back on the show to talk about your big announcement. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. See? Hey. Yep. Wait, Josh. Did you just say I have to do a show while I'm there? You were going to make me work. I mean, I mean, dude, we gotta we gotta feed our sponsors. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually are looking at the podcast row. Um, so, what is this? so on this on the college thing? You know, so 
when I was looking at the National League Pro and you had this big event down there um, in in, or- in Orlando, is that it seems, I mean, that, that in theory is some of the best of the best going down there. So for a college coach, you look at that, that's probably a pretty good, because it, it's U15 and above, and I'm looking at the teams there. There's some good teams. Uh, so in theory, you know, you're saying, okay, these are some of the best of the best that's that's happening um, and, and come to this this pro event. Is that is that kind of accurate? It's it, it's untapped at this moment in time as well. Which um, and apologies for the dog barking in the background, by the way. Um, I, I I was talking to one of the clubs, Alley Cats, from up in the uh, in the northeast, uh, and I was chatting away with one of the colleges that was sitting on the sideline. And I think nine out of the 11 starting lineups were already committed to colleges, which is absolutely amazing. So one of the things that we're like, okay, what's next? Where do you go next? Uh, and then also one of the, the things that we're considering is who do they play next? Why do they need to go to another event? They've already committed. So it's like keeping these clubs in and around the organization and the competition because that then gives all the teams the opportunity to play against these these clubs that, that are really, really good, by the way, um, and are drawing some attention from colleges, just so it causes the college coach that problem of, did I get this one right? Mm-hmm. Have I missed somebody? Uh, and and, and that's, a, that's kind of a good problem for some of the, some of the colleges to have if they're second-guessing what they've got. And there's a potential other recruit that could be better than the one they've already committed to. Right. And so you you look at one of the things that and I, and I and I think I think I'm grasping this here. Um, so we talk about I, I don't the the flow and the the pyramid that you have within US US youth soccer US uh, USYS is is that so you start with the regional league, um, and then inside which is I guess called the the Midwest Confer- the the conferences. So now you have the Midwest conference that they're starting, and that's regionally. The bit, and, and then inside of that, I'm looking at just, you know, you look at U16 girls, one, two, three, four. There, there, there's five different div- levels inside of, of that. And what that, what the good thing of that, the Midwest conference is, or the, the, these local the conferences is that you're not flying all over Timbuktu to, to, to play a game, um, which is huge because if, you, if you're in East and I'm not knocking East and but you're flying to California. We talked about this last week, Tyler, that you're flying to California and most kids go pretty close to home. And now you're flying, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month to fly all over the world. And, and there's a league right in front of you that you can stay relatively close. Um, and so you're go, and then the tier system, you'll be, re- and you keep moving up this change, right? In, in, in Midwest conference. So you go from, I'm looking at premier two, then you go to premier one, and then you get into club V club. Um, it, it, am I, is that, is that a layman's way to explain kind of how that works? It, it, it's, it's, all, it's all promotion relegation. I love that. It's all coming out of your, out of your grassroots soccer into competitive and, and wherever your level of ability takes you, we try to facilitate that. And just, just as you articulated, P2s, P1s, club v clubs, it, 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 what, what you do on the field determines where you're going to go next. And I think that's, it, it's honest, it's transparent, and it's authentic as well. Mm-hmm. 
um as you can tell by my accent it's uh, it, it's it's all about promotion relegation across the water um and i'm a big advocate of that by the way because you kind of find your level eventually um and we try to we try to abide by that we try to make it some as honest and as, as authentic as possible uh, we look at some other organizations and and we have a little bit in, in our own um the last thing we want is the, the team that's sitting at the top of the bracket has a plus 64 goal difference and the team that's at the bottom has a minus 64 yeah that's just not a great experience for anybody <laughs> Um, and 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 that does happen in in lots of organisations. You've got to spend a bit more time on on how you position these. And and you're exactly right. The stopping, reducing the cost, reducing the travel is really important. But also the major factor is making sure we get the competition level right as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know of another. I don't know of another league that does that right now. And I'm thinking, you know, collegiately, Tyler's. I think this mimics because if you look at the regional league, if you look at these national leagues, is they're playing games kind of on the same weekends back to back, and they somewhat get into a collegiate mindset. Okay, we're going to play, you know, train, and you you play games, you know, this weekend maybe Thursday, Sunday, whatever that looks like, um, and and you're able to you're able to advance and move up as a team, and you also know that if you if you don't, you can get booped down. I think creating that competitive environment is one of the hardest things for any club to do um, and probably a league as well to create that environment and, and knowing that they can move up. I think it gives them an extra level of, of competitiveness. I, I don't know, Tyler. That, that's. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, yeah, I see what you're saying is that there's more incentive than just to go out and play with my club. Right. You know, trying to find that uh, ulterior motive uh, to get the most out of players uh, could be happening within an opportunity to know we can move up and play better competition. We can stay here and what's going to drive that. So, yeah, I can see how that would translate to not only the college level, but other professional levels that a player might want to explore. Yeah. Are there any other leagues that do promotion relegation, Simon? You don't have to mention their names, but. Um, that, that, there's some, I think, within, within local member affiliates, uh, within state associations, they have, various different tiers i think what they also have is they, they have a couple of meetings where they get the various club leaders together and they try to to position the teams accordingly for for to, to secure their meaningful games um unfortunately we get the odd club that doesn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth and that team drops mm-hmm. into a lower league and is rather successful um but that but once that happens once that's it then you're always wary of of what you're going to do with that particular club it doesn't necessarily happen um where we're at to be honest with you that tends to be more just above the in and around the local competitive areas um that's where they tend to be because the posturing to try and recruit players and so on and so forth and everybody likes to attach themselves to a to a winning program or somebody that says that they're winning um but i mean USU soccer's soccer's mission is to make this sport the preeminent one in in the US. We're only going to do that by providing great experiences. Um, The the, the really alarming numbers are that of six players that start, of 10 players that start at six year old, Mm -hmm. there's only probably two of them left by the time they hit 12. Um, And they're coming back to us with, I've had a poor experience on the field, poor coaching, whatever, whatever, 
Um, and that's that's the big push for us is to try and keep more of them players in the game um, as opposed to uh, them finding an ulterior or a different uh, a different pastime, if you will, um, which is a which is a tough ask, a tough task right now. Soccer just uh, took over the fourth most popular sport in the United States. So that's the move, moving on up. The change just took over from um, from hockey to surpass hockey there. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're you guys are doing the right thing. Uh, so what is I guess last question for Simon or Tyler? I'm, Tyler may have another one. Is is what is it that I guess separates National League? I mean, obviously there's a lot of leagues right now, but what what is it that you think separates National League? Um, it really makes you guys stand out. I think what one of the words which resonates a great deal right now is its authenticity um it, its missions to provide the right level for the right player um we had 400 plus college coaches registered for the national league pro events wow um all of them gaining game analysis video footage so we can try and save them on some travel expenses and so on and so forth and the feedback from the clubs is the, the competition is great. It, it's it's super high level. Uh, it's it's really meaningful, and more importantly, the experience that they have while at the event um, makes some makes it something remember. So as we know, when these kids go off to college, they'll play college. Then when they finish, they'll stop. We want to make sure that the memories that they have during their childhood while playing sport is one that they want then to pass on to their children when they have children so we get second, third generation kids coming through the system um, and that's how we're going to build a culture in the US so I think the main thing is US Youth Soccer's it, it's authentic, it's got history it's been around a, a, a long time it's now changing things up and it's uh, it's it's making some some rather big moves, and, and we expect to see some some real big announcements. Tyler, any 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 last words here? Uh, no, I appreciate Simon coming on and giving us more insight and educating me more. And so you know, maybe I'll see you in Kansas City. Yeah. So big, looking big, forward to it, guys. Big announcement. Simon Collins, you've heard it here first live on the airways. There's a big announcement coming. <laughs> uh, so the uh, USC United Soccer Coach Convention in Kansas City, January 19th to the 23rd. There's a major announcement coming from USYS. Um, it's probably I don't know. I, I'm not even. Gonna, I don't even know what to guess. I'm, I'm a, we're going to formulate some kind of guess, Tyler. We'll bet on it. But um, so it's probably the switching to Capelli is what the what the vote is. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Simon Collins, like I said, with the, the commissioner of the National League as we dive into this. Um, so we've learned a lot. I really appreciate it. This is, um, I think we asked, I think I got all the dumb questions out of the way, but um, I think it, it's, it's been it's been very helpful. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't wear Old Spice because that would have been an awkward, uh, awkward five minutes <laughs> as we make fun of Old Spice. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining. Uh, we appreciate it. I will look you up. We'll see. You, we'll see you in Kansas City. Um, you guys enjoy the uh, the holiday season, and uh, um, that's that's what we have from here. So, guys, thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, guys.